0: This is, this is Moneyline. This is Moneyline. Touchdown! This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You are just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Nice camera action.
1: Hello, world. Welcome in to Moneyline on a beautiful Sunday morning. In studio with my partner in grind, the statistician at Josh Jordan 97.5 is where you can find him on Twitter. Josh Jordan! What's going on, Jerry? Big game last night, big Sunday show. How you feeling, my man? I'm feeling good. The Rockets got a win. Yes. Uh, there's hope in the city, right? Yes. Because if we would have came in here down 3 0, 1, Ooh. 2, 3, Cancun. Yes. <laughs> it would be like it. Be kind of hard to even talk about this right exactly but what I want to talk about right now is the man behind the glass rocking with us today from 10 to noon getting all the jams in getting the Cinco de Mayo festivities going at Harrison the Proud is where you can find him
2: Harrison yo 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 what up guys like you said I'm glad there's a little light left in this moment for that game last night yeah, man would have been dark
3: no doubt man it, it got a little got a little scary there at the end too didn't it yeah it
1: sure did but uh Every good movie has suspense. Yes. And this movie has another part to be told. Luckily, we'll find that out very, very, very soon. I don't like how this uh it's been spread out so much, but this yeah. quick turnaround is something that we need. I want to find out where this goes because if it uh what happens if this goes two to two, man? I mean, that's that, that's what we're hoping for. That's what we want to see. I mean, And
3: Man, it's tough. There's a whole lot of stuff to get into with this. I have a lot of thoughts on this game, but that's what we want to see. If they even this thing up, we go back to California, we see how it goes. But that's what we expected, right? I mean, if they would have just rolled them you know i think the rockets are too good for that we saw it last night that they showed up when we needed them to all the people we needed to show up clint capella thank you thank you for showing up and earning your 90 million dollars last night that was big james hitting that three at the end of the game that was huge too so nice to see and eric gordon my lord he was playing out of his mind so nice to see that
1: they can still flip that switch and do that it's been a while 713-780-3776 if you have any thoughts about the game if you want to if you want to boast a little bit i mean yeah you you need a it's your time to shine it, it, those first two games of the series were rough uh, I don't want to blame it on anything. I mean, it's been a lot, a lot, long time since we last spoke with you guys, and, yeah. and a lot's happened since then, a lot of referees, uh, <laughs> stuff like that. But I don't want to blame it on that. I do not want to blame it on that because in Game 2, you had your chance to to get out there and do it, and you didn't. Yeah. So now it's about, okay, let's defend your home court. And that's exactly what they were able to do now. I don't think convincingly the way I wanted to because I say that because at halftime, if you looked at the Warrior stats – it led you to believe that the that the Rockets should have been up. I know they were getting to the. I wanted them to be up the double digits at halftime, and I know they were on pace to do it. But it just felt like the game was a lot closer the whole time. Even when they were up by ten, something yeah. told you in your mind that the game was never safe. Yeah, because they have Kevin Durant. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what a monster! That dude is
3: unbelievable, and that that, that is the the one little negative thing I'll take away is. It kind of worries me because they did not play very well last night the Warriors, you know, Steph with the was it a dunk or was it a layup where he got stuffed and he missed it at the end of the game which was a big play for them. That that basically sealed it for, for the, the Raptors. Yeah. And also, I mean, Durant early in the game, he wasn't shooting that great. You know, he was missing some threes that he normally doesn't miss, some open looks. And, and that's the only thing that worries me a little bit is that I don't think the Warriors are going to play that poorly again. You they're going to
1: have that game where they come out and blast you for 140, yes. you know what I mean? Yes. And it's it's not happening. It's at halftime they had zero fast break points. So I wanted to see yes. where they where they were as a on the season they're the third best team in the in the season, 18.9 fast break points per game. That they were shooting under twenty percent from the three point line. They're at one point sixty percent, sixty one percent on free throw. I kept talking. To, I was with Nick Sarar and I kept telling him like, "This is insane. I've never seen that many miss free throws from them." <laughs> no, no, it just and none of it made sense. And but you kept looking at that scoreboard, and, and in your head, something told you, "This is within striking distance for them." Please, like you just said, please let's get through this and. PJ Tucker came up huge oh, at yes. the end. That was all man. He was a man child. He was he was man out there and and yep. th- that's what it, they needed that. They needed someone else to do it. I mean even uh, Shumper came out. I was yeah, I watched right. I watched him pregame. I was out there for the game yesterday and I, I literally I told Nick I said I just watched Shumper hit about 33 uh three-pointers or not even three-pointers, let's say jumpers, three-pointers included in a row. He didn't miss. The whole time that I watched him, he walked off without missing during that little warm-up. So I told Nick, I said, man, why can't he shoot like that in the game? And then he comes out and he starts busting. I said, I I knew it. (laughs) I saw something in his eyes. Inside information from Jerry (laughs) (laughs) Bow. No, but uh, it just... I'm glad. I'm so glad that yeah. now we have a series because we didn't want that. The NBA didn't want that, obviously. And now let's see what happens. Gloves are off. Let's make this. Let's make this two to two, Houston. Let's make this. Let's get this back to a to a game seven to where we can have. Let's make it a healthy game seven on both sides, and let's do this the right way. And uh, so is
3: every single game. Draymond Green gonna put his uh, fingers in James Harden's eyes. Is that a thing? Did you see it? He did it again last night. He hit him in the eyes again. I'm just – is Harden going to have to come out in, like, those cream Abdul-Jabbar goggles pretty soon? Because he just keeps getting stabbed in the eye. Luckily, this time it wasn't as bad as the one before. But can we keep an eye on Draymond and actually call a foul when he's poking, <laughs> poking James Harden in the eye like, you know, <laughs> Captain Insano on the water boy? Like, come on, man. Like, we, we got
1: to call that. It's too much. The spread has come out for Monday night. Rockets are favored by two, which is less – than what last night's game was, over under of two twenty one, the series price. Rockets are about three plus three thirty, three and a half one uh to one underdog's about, depending on where you get your number. I mean defend your home court i know right De- defend your home court and this will change back to basically where it was i, I figured this would maybe go into maybe the higher 2 plus 200 2 uh, 250 260 range if they could pull this off pretty much where it was where the series started nothing's changed and it's now you're playing uh, a shorter series uh, let's make it let's call it a three game series yeah uh, if if they can pull this off but uh, i just I like we said at one point or another, Golden State's going to have that game, yeah,
3: and and that third quarter that they're famous for, where they just you know drop a, a windfall of points on
1: you, and that's what was so great about yesterday because I kept thinking it was coming. They yeah. averaged thirty and a half points in the in the third quarter itself. That's the best in the NBA, but. The Rockets kept hitting. They yes. came out right out of halftime, and it, I loved the way they attacked it yesterday. And at the end of the day, you can you can try to scheme it up. You could try to slow the game down. You could try to because the game started off slow. I I myself I had a just trying to get some degenerate money in. I had the over in the first half, and it started off so slow that when they finally started catching up in the second quarter, I still got was a little short. But that second half, you saw it's it's forget the schemes at one point let's do what we do best let's go up there gordon's going going oh, straight man. he was going up there shooting fast though like he's not letting them set up if you give it to him by that three-point line and he he's got a, a chance to st- one two step bam he's gonna shoot it he, and van Gundy made that point like man that's hard to
3: defend like he was shooting those threes like where that toyota center little graphic was on the court you know what i mean like what five six feet behind the three-point line It's hard to defend, guys. He's barely past half court, and he's firing up threes, but he was on fire last night.
1: And something that'll make you Houston fans feel good, I was talking to Josh about this. So yesterday, uh, Nick and I walked down so we could be closer to where the press conferences are going down after the game, and... We could hear the Golden State. I don't know who was in that locker room during that game, but so it was said like, let's do a timeline of uh, about four or five minutes left in the fourth quarter when you know it was going crucial. It was going back and forth, and all you can hear was just yelling loud, and we're in the media area, and you can hear whoever was in there, and it was multiple people. Yeah! <laughs> F, F that you know that's yeah. that's charging uh, you know just every single time and if it makes you feel good those guys at the end of that game it was it was crickets oh I bet uh, who do you think said there is it trainers is it family oh, is it friends is... I don't know I just I kept wondering because they were being loud it wasn't like anything they weren't holding back anything and it was every time James got the ball or something or or, or a foul that should have been they were I mean you can hear you can hit the you, hear, you could hear the wall like they were shaking and <laughs> it was Aisha Curry is a chef for her
3: restaurant restaurant here in Houston. He's a very passionate Warriors fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny though, man, but that that's gotta feel good, right, as a Rockets fan to make them feel a little bit of disappointment, feel some struggle because it's been all coasting for them. And I don't know if you felt like me, but I actually dumped a live bet in there. Like the first quarter, it looked like the Warriors were going to take it, man. They they, they couldn't miss in the first quarter. And I was like, oh, man, this looks bad. Come on, Rockets. You know, luckily Eric Gordon, you know, kept hitting some threes and answering and keeping them in the game. And then the second quarter was all about the Rockets. You know, they really came on in the second quarter and and had that halftime lead, which was nice.
1: So let's say in a perfect – World, not perfect because then perfect world rocket sweep. For example, if you're a Rockets fan, sure. but let's say in a in something that can make sense. When this series started, a lot of Rockets fans and just even basketball pundits start and and know that the Rockets have been able to win on the road against this team, right? Yeah. So, what did you think was the Rockets' best path to winning this series? Maybe stealing at least one, maybe in Golden State. But then you know that Golden State is not like you said, okay if we could still if if the Rockets can steal one in Golden State, they're for sure going to win the both in Houston you never really thought that you probably said, okay, we might yeah. split them here too yeah right that they yeah. might split the games here too so keeping that in mind, if they win this game they're back to where really you thought right win win there and then you probably won one at home yeah one two two series and now it's a three game series for all the marbles or, or or not all of them or let's say to get out of this round I'll take that.
3: Yeah, you'll take that, no doubt about it. And, of course, they got to win it first. But, you know, we've been kind of around the office. We've been talking about it just even before it happened. We're like, the Rockets take game three. All the fans are going to feel so different about this series if the Rockets get game three, and they got it. And we all do feel different, right? We're like, man, we just got to win one more, even up the series. We're at home. We're looking really good. It's funny how that can change because we were talking about it the other day that it was going to be – Calling out Mike D'Antoni if they lost that game last night. Like, what, you know, they're clear, clearly being out coached if they go down 03 like that. Like Capella not living up to the $90 million contract. He showed up last night. So, all these narratives were kind of already starting to form based on if the Rockets took care of business or if they didn't last night. They won. So, now we have all the good feelings and everything's positive. But if they lose the next game, we're going to come back to Mike D'Antoni, Clint Capella. Did he show up?
1: It'll come back. They got to win again. What did this game do for the Rockets? Does does it tell them we can we we, we can win here? I, I, like so how better she has said. What did they accomplish after that win? Because it was it was a game where they dominated in a lot of the stats They the the offensive boards, everything they they were dominating in a fashion where they that game should have been in the bag yeah. and it still never was so what did that tell them yeah. what does that what does that point them to that they th- their best game and I'm not going to say their best game they've played but, but but they were limiting to what if you can limit the warriors in transition if you can limit them on the three point line if you can if they're shooting on their own on the a bad free throw percentage that that's that's where you have to put your foot down and they never were during this show I'm going to give out a big, big bet for that next game. You, you, you'd you be surprised where it's going to land. And that's interesting
3: because kind of responding to your question, I think Kevin Durant, which we, he can like erase almost anything stat-wise. He's just that good, especially at the end of games when you need him to be. The other thing I would bring up is, dude, Steph Curry got flat out embarrassed last night. I mean, did you see all the stuff on Twitter of people like jumping off the little mini tramps and only making it like two feet and falling in front of the basket, you know, like memes of Curry at the end of the game? And I mean, he got embarrassed, dude, so you know he's going to come out. He's going to come out looking for some redemption in the next game. And the other thing I'll say is it felt like the Rockets night. Wasn't there a point where uh, Clay Thompson like missed two out of three free throws or something like that? Like you don't, you don't see, see stuff that. like
1: that happen. Now, if you look at Curry fourth quarter and overtime of game 3 loss, 0 for 6 shooting, 4 fouls, one turnover, one blown dunk. Yes. minus 6 on the plus minus. Uh, uh, the internet loved it. They put out that meme, uh, regular season stuff, and then they put postseason stuff, and it's that guy that looks like him, but he's sick. That guy actually, <laughs> that guy actually has cancer, from what I've been reading. People have been backlashing, but the funny thing is here is you look down, and the, one of the first comments on there is, is Mary B. That's Barbara's green. That's Draymond's mom, and she and she puts. Uh, the internet is undefeated, and you're yes. laughing out loud. So people people are saying, even your own teammates' yes. moms are laughing. This is crazy. Yeah, but. that's embarrassing, man. I mean, that's <laughs> that's going to be a thing that people remember
3: for a long time. And I almost wondered, was, he, was it indecision? Was he like, I'm going to dunk it. No, I'm going to lay it up. And he just kind of second-guessed himself in the moment because it just looked awkward.
1: Well. Something that won't be awkward today is celebrating Cinco de Mayo, right? Yeah. Little what do you got planned today? Man, I'm gonna go
3: you know what I actually think I'm gonna do is Hopdotty's got a thing where they're throwing a Cinco de Mayo deal with all these discounts on margaritas. And the reason I'm doing that is getting in a Mexican restaurant today. Good luck. You're gonna be sitting there waiting forever, so I'm gonna be kind of slick. I'm gonna go get my margaritas at a hamburger place, so that because I did my Cinco de Mayo, I went to Chewy's on Friday with Brandon, so I kind of I kind of got my Mexican fix in. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go do that so that I'm not sitting in line for three hours. I can actually just pull up and, and drink me a margarita.
1: Harrison, any uh, any tequila in your near future?
2: I would say almost certainly there's a little bit of tequila in my future tonight. You know, we got Game of Thrones coming up. What better Ooh, combination? Yeah. Nice. Good point.
1: Very nice, very nice. So everyone out there getting, getting ready to celebrate Cinco de Mayo. If you're out there doing some yard work, if you're on the way to church, like my man Jermaine usually is, a faithful listener of the show, get ready. We're about to make some money. We're about to have some good laughs. You listen to Moneyline, ESPN
0: 975. You're listening to Money Live on ESPN 97.5 And on ESPN 97.5.com Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan.
1: Welcome back to Moneyline, 713-780-3776, 713-780-ESPN. Get in here. Let's talk gambling. Let's talk Rockets. Let's talk Dynamo. I was there. They uh, they pulled off another win. Very nice. I saw the photo. I saw it from Twitter.
3: By the way, Jerry's back in Twitter jail, right? We got. We should oh, tell everybody to, to follow your... I
1: forgot all about yeah, that until t- right now.
3: Yeah, we got to tell everybody to, to follow the right account, right?
1: Disease gone again. Yes. I was reported for a video during the World Cup (laughs) (laughs) where all I posted was when France won the World Cup, I put hashtag France, hashtag God's plan, uh, congratulations to France, and then I posted the Drake video. So what is the point of YouTube having the share option if I can't share it? Yeah, I mean, I don't get it. I'm locked up again. I don't understand this. So... I think it's someone out there because... It, remember last time it happened when I won 18 in a row. This time I was killing it all throughout this week on soccer. And then all of a sudden I wake up one day and it says some... And and where was this person that, that, that I have to locate? The UK. Of course. It, it was overseas last time. This is
3: frustrating because it's like... If I email you a YouTube link of a video, that's
1: okay. But if I share a YouTube link on Twitter... That's not okay. And what's not okay is <laughs> speaking of that other one, the the previous. I finally got that, that. I got suspended when I'm when I haven't even paid my bill on the on the forty. It, it, it was like a hundred and forty four dollar bill, hundred and twenty two something like that. Uh, that came in from those costs. because I called like a like a Maddox girlfriend over and over <laughs> because I was hoping somebody in Germany would answer. Yeah, and. And nobody ever answered, and I was getting charged for listening to that voicemail, and that voicemail was long. This is like, this is like all a trick. Feels like a scam, right? Yeah, like here we're gonna put you on hold for a minute and a half on a, a bunch of words that I didn't even know what they were saying. I would, they would stop, and I would just respond with "Duha Smitch, <laughs> Duha Smitch, <smidge>, Dufla <laughs> Nine <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't even know. Just, just like I said, I would talk real slow, like Jerry Bo Nose unsuspend me please i'm sorry i never heard nothing back and all of a sudden i woke up one day and i was not suspended so i'm back in twitter jail it's my second offense i'm hoping the judge goes easy on me i've i've done community service i've been i've been out there kissing babies and i i don't know what to do here seriously
3: no so guys it's at jerry bonos with an s now the the z account is suspended so just so you know, if, you, if you've been looking for some of Jerry's live betting plays, some stuff like that, make sure you check the right account. Let's and just
2: go ahead and follow both of those accounts right now. Yeah. Good point, Harrison. Again. Sounds like you got some European haters out there, Jerry. I don't appreciate that. It's, Twitter, if you're listening,
1: don't let them keep me down. I'm a man of the people. Please. Please. <laughs> and what a, a
3: BS reason, you know, to take down a Twitter account. From a year ago? Yeah. There's, like, porn on Twitter. You know, you could just watch random porn on Twitter. Like, those accounts are open, but you can't post a a video for a a soccer play? It it makes no sense. It's and how do they pick and choose who to go after? Uh, you know, it's really strange. I wonder if you have, like, some kind of some kind of bookie that you've been beaten for all these years and he keeps reporting your ass.
1: There's some kind of – there's kind of <laughs> conspiracy theories around here. I've, I get a lot of them. You know, Twitter yeah. is a wild, wild place. So I get these messages and I, I just I just laugh because we – but it makes sense. Someone out there – I'm not the only one posting Drake's God's right. Plan video. I've seen him. I'm going to start reporting my friends. Like, yeah. hey, you're going down with me. You're all of you hey Jerry you got my Twitter account shut down man come on get this guy he's <laughs> he's he's selling uh he's selling these raps. but uh let's talk something that happened in the gambling world yesterday that uh impacted a lot of pockets yeah the Kentucky Derby ended with an inquiry uh, it didn't end like you want something like this to, to to have the the final outcome to be just straight up just uh, uh the horse that won Got disqualified.
3: Yeah, and i you know, I, I I wasn't watching it live. I read about it, and it looks like there was like a twenty minute
2: delay where they were like looking at the review. The review, right? I got a plan to solve this right now. So we have a twenty minute instant replay review for a horse race that lasts two minutes or whatever. <laughs> run the race back. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good let's Go, let's go. Run it back. Let's see who's going to win again. Let's go. Dude, yeah, that's I a like, great idea.
1: I like that. So what? Maximum security. The number seven horse won the run for the roses. Until he didn't. And what happened there. They basically said that he committed an infraction. Which basically. It took the 9-2 odd favorite. It took him out. And it gave a 65-1. to Odds horse. The win.
3: Yeah and from what I read. that The disqualification wasn't even really on the horse that won. It was on like two other horses. That weren't really close to finishing. Uh, with the lead at
1: the end. So it was kind of. I don't know. It feels kind of like Tiki tack, you know. So according to Twin Spires, which is a place that it's big for uh, horse bets, forty-two million dollars is what would have been won if Maximum Security would have won. He was a favorite. A lot of people were betting backing him, and a lot of people were yelling, "Cheat!" Yeah, it's, it's some, You hate to see these big events go down like this, and 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 it's it's going to be talked about for years.
3: It is, and I mean we just think back with the n f l with the Saints game you know and, and the the referees causing such a big distraction with that and changing the games and you know and the rams going on, we're getting a whole lot more of this to where instant replay is kind of determining stuff too often I think and and it really slows down the momentum of the race or the game or you know it's but but we're to that point right we say, get it right, so but now we're getting to the point where they're judgment calls. You know where it's like, unless it's totally obvious, you shouldn't be changing the outcome of something unless it's blatantly an infraction. If it's kind of close, then just leave it be.
1: One hundred and forty-five year history of this Derby before a winner has been uh, first ever winner was disqualified. Now imagine if you have that ticket because they have a story about this one better eight thousand dollar bet. It would have been forty-four thousand on maximum security. Imagine you're taking off running, you're running for the you're running for the roses. You know what I mean and just to have that taken away from you, but the the, the, the agony of defeat and the thrill of victories on the other side because there was probably people on the other side betting that the count, uh, the country house and I know for a fact that one guy he uh, put 2500 and won 133 grand, and supposedly this guy was walking out. Mad, <laughs> didn't realize it. Didn't realize that there was inquiry. So you, oh, man. you know what I mean. You watch the end of it, and you just kind of throw off your hat. Just, I'm out of here. Forget this place, and you're halfway out the door before you hear the commotion, and you have to run back inside. Yeah, to imagine that, man.
3: <laughs> all time low, all time high, just flipping right there. Right that, that's tough, and that's that's one of the things I don't love about horse racing is. You know them looking at it at the end. You, you just want it to be over, and you want the race to be the race, and you, you don't want to have to go back to replay. But w- better get used to replay, guys, because we're getting it at every sport, and we're getting more of it. We're with the NFL; they're going to be able to look at penalties. I I think we're going to have a huge amount of like offensive pass interference penalties coming this year, to where they're going to look at guys like DeAndre Hopkins pushing off a little bit. They're going to be able to see that a little easier, and. I don't think it's really better for the game.
2: Not to mention coaches using their challenges to to, to go after that and then yeah. once the ref sees it they get a little idea and then you change the whole game just to it, help the coach challenge.
1: Exactly. That, it's gonna change it up a lot and uh kind of transition off of that. Another another rule that it, they took a poll. I was reading a poll was taken by a lot of uh, NFL executives, people that are connected to the NFL, not just executives, but uh about the overtime rule. Yeah. Both teams getting the ball, or at least having a chance. Uh, what, do, what are you guys' thoughts on that? I think it's fine the way it is. That's just me. I know
3: every everybody's upset with you know the the Chiefs not getting the ball in overtime with you know the Patriots winning. But I'm just of that opinion that if you score a touchdown, that should be it. I didn't think it was fair when you, the coin toss you got the ball and you kicked a field goal and you could win. Like th- that was too easy. But I'm like, if you go all the way down the field and score a touchdown. I think that should be it. Also, I don't want my NFL games being four hours long. You know, like there's another game coming on after that. We got to wrap this thing up. So I'm cool with it the way it is. And you know, the defense has an opportunity to stop the offense. You know, they have a chance, you know, to hold them out of the end zone. You have that chance, and if you don't get it done, then you don't get to. I don't think you deserve to win the game. But I, I get why other people have different opinions. But but that's just me.
1: Twenty-six percent of the poll agreed with the traditional keeping it how it is. The rest of them want to change for whatever reason. And I, the way this is, I never thought that we would get to a point where we'd be challenging pass interferences, honestly, or or reviewing no. them. I never, I never thought that because it leaves too, it's it's way too much. And and when that camera slowed down, mm-hmm. you. Everything's going to look like there's too much bang-bang plays in football. Everything's going to look and it's it's not going to settle anything at the end of the day because it's going to every fan depending on what side of the fan base you're on or, or wherever your money lies is going to have a way to say they're going to say frame by frame your eyes going to tell you it's everything it, it is
3: and, and what's the alternative are we going to go to the to the college format to where i have to watch you know three overtimes as they keep scoring and scoring and score i mean it, i don't like that i don't like the college overtime i feel like it takes too long so i'm just like what's the alternative here i, I don't know I, I think it's fine the way it is but man you talk to a
1: chiefs fan they don't agree with me <laughs> no they don't agree with you but they don't agree with tyreek hill let's talk about that oh more has come out we played the audios last week yeah so we know what's on the table but now he's actually trying to pull out his own text messages where i don't know how true it is because i mean the, don't get me wrong, the messages are there but were these uh pre pre thought out you know what i mean because premeditated because it sounds like she was conceding to it because maybe somewhere down the line this was gonna come up and he has that one oh yeah well y'all got he had it in his front pocket waiting like here it goes and it, it, where she's saying yeah maybe it was me what's kind of and just Just conspiracy theory here.
3: If you wanted to clear yourself with a text message, how hard would it be to just grab your your girlfriend or fiance's phone when she's not in the room and fire a text
1: off to yourself? Delete. Delete. Right. I mean, how hard would that be? Yeah, I didn't even think about that aspect. You're, you're, you're slick. I got to watch you, Josh. I got to watch, watch my phone. But what you got to watch out for is this max bet that I'm dropping. Kickoff of this game. Get your passport ready. I don't even know if, if, you, if you're current, but we're going to fly out anyways. We're going to Germany. In about 30 minutes, I got a winner for you. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5.
0: To Moneyline on ESPN 975 and on ESPN975.com. Live from the ESPN 975 Studios. Here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline
1: 713-780-3776. Give us a call, shoot us a text, or you can hit us on Twitter at Moneyline975 at Josh Jordan975. At Harrison the Prod, my man Hector, Brazilian Hector, out there making sure that the calls get routed correctly. The podcast is up on time. We really appreciate that. And yours truly at Jerry Bow knows with an S. I almost said a Z, but uh, but my Z's gone, and and my clip on ducktail is no more. I am no longer cool. So if you don't see the ducktail, you know why. Let's go. Uh, let's talk a little more rockets before we, we we're done with basketball. We got a couple things to touch here in the NBA. We got a couple games on the menu today. I'll have some bets for those. Awesome. Yeah, I had a question because Jerry went and covered the game for us last night.
3: So he was in, the, he was at Toyota Center watching the game. And I, I was just kind of curious, what did the crowd look like? Were the fans, in, were they there? Were they in their seats to start the game? Was it a good environment? That's always something that we kind of ask about. So what did it look
1: like last night? The talk all week has been the price of these tickets. Oh, really? Yeah, it is. Supposedly, the cheapest ticket was like one forty four, or one forty seven, without before the fees, and you know how that goes. Sure. But the house was packed. Wait, what? Okay, good. You have to have, I guess, you have to have Curry and, and the family in, in the in the building to get it that way. But no, it was it was packed. It was hype. I, uh, I mentioned to you, I saw a Dabo Sweeney there, uh, yeah. decked out in Texans. All his sons were. Uh, I don't know how many sons he has, but there was a bunch of kids with him. But they were all decked out in, in Hopkins gear, and I love to see it. Uh, That's he, cool. You could tell he's a he's a big, big Texans guy. He uh, it was good to see him pulling for him.
3: Okay, so good crowd. So it felt like that watching it on TV. But I was just curious in the building if if, if you know the Rockets fans got there and showed the support. So they did. I'm excited for that. We got to expect the same thing again in Game Four. It, I mean, the Rockets need it, man. It's this is huge, and this is a few years in the making. I. I I kind of think maybe they break through. I I really do. And that's hard for me because I've been kind of, you know, leaning towards the Warriors because they're almost, you know, like the Patriots of the NBA. They're hard to bet against, you know, they, they just do it. But I kind of think this is the year. If there's ever going to be the time, this is the time. So we'll see if they come out and get it done. I did want to ask you quickly. we, We were talking about replay last segment for gambling and for fantasy. It could be really bad next year. You oh, know what I mean? Man. Where you think you got a big play, you got a big touchdown, you got a you know, you know, oh, you know, huge completion. They're in field goal range, and then they go back and review it and overturn it. It's a headache. You know, it's a headache. Yeah. At, okay,
1: but how about live betting? Yeah, oh, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's it's going to be. It'll put a pause to things, and the last thing you want on live betting is a pause. Yeah. Especially, like, I always tell you like. It's easier to get on the same page with everyone when I post these bets if I do it in commercial breaks. But in commercial breaks, that line's a little more solid. I like to do it in between that that first and third down to where I know tendencies of teams, uh, teams that are great on third down and long, say, for example, on defense. And I know, okay, they're, they're first and, and it was a loss, a four-yard loss on first down. So on second down, let's say they, I, I'm, I'm, you're gambling on the gamble at the end of the day. But if it works out, it's, it's magic. So you're saying, okay, on second down, they're going to go conservative. I don't see them going for the 14 yards on second down. They're probably going to try to get about five, six, seven yards, get it manageable. Sure. So then at that point, you start betting on, okay, how's my that other team in third and in middle in medium sure. ranges, and you start saying, okay, the, at the end of the day, we play in a in a world where we're a 50 percent winner and a 50. 5% winner in gambling is a huge difference. So oh, yeah. if the differences of converting third downs and me getting the ball back and, and knowing that if they don't convert this first down, I'm going to get the ball back. They're going to have to punt, and I'm going to have real good field position. But if I wait, if I wait to that, then whenever that possession changes, the whole thing changes. So yes. you have to gamble on the gamble sometimes, and that's what you find yourself doing. And that's going to be crushing too, it's,
3: You know, especially when you get those big plays and, and then it gets overturned on a you know, a little bit of a hold or something, a little bit of a push off. So I was just kind of thinking about that during the break. Like, look, fantasy and gambling's fun when you win and you're sure you won, right? <laughs> you know, when, when, you, when you know the play happened, you got it. When you have that uncertainty, that's when you're just sitting there gripping, you know. And I think we're going to get a lot more of that this year with the rules change.
1: Isn't it the worst feeling ever when you're playing fantasy and they hit you with that stat correction? Oh, it's the worst. That's the worst because you don't yeah. expect that. No, because it's days later. You're already trying to to, 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 to plan your next week, yeah. and they come out with a stat correction of, of .8. Dude, it happened to me in the playoffs one time. I had Kurt Warner as my quarterback. Kurt.
3: I had I had advanced in the playoffs because of a touchdown Kurt Warner threw to Anquan Bolden. A few days later they decide that it was a lateral, that the ball did not go forward, and that it was a rushing touchdown for Anquan Bolden. I lost the touchdown for my quarterback Kurt Warner and lost. So I had won my playoff game. Three days later I got like a seven point stat correction and I lost and was knocked out of the playoffs. I was in the Bahamas and had left, you know, knowing that i won my playoff game, and I'm in the Bahamas, and then I go check my fantasy lineup to do, you know, waiver wires or whatever, and it said I lost, and I was like, what
1: the hell? Yeah, so trust me, nobody hates stat corrections more than I do. And uh, just uh, catching up with Twitter, Albert F. Uh, Laura listener, Lower Bookie Buster says, "Paul running the point guard made the offense more active, and yeah, you saw that ball move around a little bit more. Don't get me wrong, though, in, in the crucial times of that game, you saw uh, how many times did you see James trying to uh, dribble up on Clay and do yeah. his thing. But at the end of the day, yeah, it does, and 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 that's that's what the that's what the fight is behind loving and and I guess hating James Harden because you know what he can do." Yeah. That's that's not the question here, but you asked Does it take away from what overall the team could do, or is that more made for regular season basketball? Because last night on a few drives, I saw it, and it looked like that would all day be called in a regular season game for whatever reason. And I know a foul's a foul, regular, whether it's regular season, postseason, a foul's a foul. I, I'm, I'm on the same page as you, but we know that in the playoffs, that whistles—it's it, harder. It's harder to blow and and. A few times on a few drives yesterday, and you see that quick look by him. And he, but it was just the mind frame yesterday was let's not argue nothing, let's play mm-hmm. ball. Like mm-hmm. even Chris Paul usually used to eat Paul turn around oh, yeah. and, and and there was a few instances, and he didn't. It was focus. Let's focus on what's in front of us now. We cannot go down three zero. We're at home. That's what they're. That's yeah. what they were thinking, and it worked. I guess. Right? Yeah, they looked more intense. And the thing with James is he's got to go to
3: the rim. You know, like that's – he draws contact. He's a great free throw uh, shooter. And, you know, when you think back when LeBron finally broke through and beat the Warriors – he just kept going to the rim, man. He didn't settle for jump shots because he knew he'd get fouled almost every time or he'd get there. And James is really durable. He's really good at getting to the rim, getting some layups, getting some, some high percentage points. You know, it's like shooting off your back foot for a three. Like, that's not nearly as high percentage as, you know, getting in there and trying to get a layup or get fouled. So I was glad to see him do that when things were kind of you know getting a little murky he would go he would go get those easy two points for you yesterday i was glad to see that i just hope it carries over because you can't count on eric gordon to shoot like that every night i mean he's he's not superman he's he's a good shooter but holy crap he was on fire last night and capella man with that big
1: block that he had like that was a momentum. that turned everything yeah. that turned if you think about it after that block they finally opened up a little gap a further gap and yep. and you saw that's how they were able to maintain that nine ten point lead and i was uh, i was there for durant's post game uh, last night and he mentioned that exactly. He said it just it, it, we can never get over that barrier he said. He yeah. said every time that we got within we were at 10 and then we would get down to 6 or 5 and then they'd hit another 3 and he said then finally they worked it down to where they got a lead. Yeah. And they said he he was mad at that press conference. Uh, you could tell that they felt like they they let that game go in their eyes. And that's what's so scary about this yeah. next coming up because in their eyes the Rockets didn't win that game; they lost it. I agree, and that's what concerns me a little bit. And
3: man, Iguadala was just sniping there in that little corner three. I mean, they just kept leaving him alone, and he kept hitting him. And you know, he's he's been pretty big for them. But still, back to the Capella thing that that changed everything. And I was impressed with Capella too. He's not the you know the biggest guy as far as you know thickness, but he was able to stop the momentum of that ball, get both hands up there, and get that big block, and that that just changed everything. That was yeah, and you,
2: huge. And you talk about the crowd and how yeah. how packed it was when he got that block. The building exploded. That yes. big two-hander man. You oh. don't see that very often.
3: That that was impressive, man. So, thank you, Clint Capella. That's kind of what we've been expecting. And you know maybe he's just feeling better too. You know we knew you know he'd been a little sick and and dealing with a couple things. So. You know, maybe we've been a little too hard on him in Game 1 and Game 2. Maybe he's just kind of starting to feel like himself again.
1: Right now, just, just first reaction, minus two. What side are you going to be on, Josh? Oh, man. Everybody's going to hate me, but I'd probably take the Warriors plus two. I just think
3: they're going to come out po'd. you know, I especially Steph. We haven't seen Steph go nuts yet in this series. I think it happens in this next game. I, you know, I kind of mentioned it in one of the previous segments. He looked bad. So he's going to be out there to kind of redeem himself. So but I I think the Rockets could still win. You know, ideally I hope, you know, <laughs> I take the Warriors plus 2 and the Rockets win by one and you know, it could very yeah. well happen.
1: It could very well happen. Something that I know for a fact that's going to happen in this next segment because the game kicks off in 15 minutes. The suspense is Ooh. real. I'm about to put some cash in your pocket. We're going to Germany. When we get back, you're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5.
0: You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, where we have five on it every single Sunday morning.
1: 713-780-3776. At Moneyline 97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter. Or if you miss any of the show, you can catch us on pod- Podcast Arena, thanks to my man Hector out there. No doubt about it. You know, I uh,
3: One of my buddies that works up here was telling me that Hey, man, I listen every week. He's like, but I I can't listen when y'all are on the air. I listen to the podcast every week. So, like, man, that's awesome. So, thank you, Hector, for putting up the podcast every week because, hey, we have people that like to go check it out. So, I'm glad it's up
1: there. Thank you, Hector. So, speaking of five on it, let me put at least $5 in your pocket. Let's go to Germany, Leverkusen, Frankfurt. What I see here is Goals. You have a Leverkusen that does exactly that. They score at home, and to be exactly Leverkusen's last five home games, they've scored 2-2-1-2-1. They always get on the board. Now, in this particular matchup, four out of the last five games have seen over three goals combined. That's what the over-under is today. The last game they played, 4-1 Leverkusen. Now, something that sticks out to me right here is... When handicap in soccer, you try to use uh, motivation and situational spots, like what you try to find in NFL, for example. Uh, is this a uh, out of division game, out of conference game, and next week they have a divisional foe playing for the the top spot in the division, for example in NFL? You know that their their marbles are in that basket. But in soccer, once it gets towards the end of the league, people start start uh, remember because there's no playoff systems in in these big leagues. There's basically three points for a win, one point for a tie and and when the season's over it's over so mathematically you can win the league way before the season's even over because teams don't have enough games to be able to catch you so once it gets towards the end here you start trying to qualify for champions league or europa league because those are the, the 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 big club tournaments this specific matchup, Frankfurt right now, they're involved in the Europa League and they're deep into it, which is which is a huge accomplishment for them. So that's where their focus is. But at the same time, they're fighting for a top four spot in Germany. They got 54 points. They got the last spot to get into Champions League automatic qualification. You have Leverkusen on the other side. They're in eighth. They're right outside the top four to qualify for Champions League. But they only got 51 points compared to Frankfurt's 54. So in between four. Fourth and the eighth spot, there's a three-point difference. Oh, win today by Leverkusen puts them in basically in the Champions League running. And you have a Frankfurt team that 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 played in the middle of the week in the in the Europa League that I talk about. They gotta play again this week in a crucial game. I think that they know that they gotta go out and score. I think the downfall I might here might not be on the offensive end. You might get a little lattice on on the defensive end. I see goals here, I see them often. Go ahead hit over three in this matchup, hit Leverkusen over two team total, and hit Leverkusen uh, money line. Hit those all three for the same amount. And you're going to... We'll talk about money later. No doubt about it. I'm on uh,
3: my phone right now putting these bets in. Jerry's putting them out here. So, guys, listen, I'm... I've been following a lot more soccer the last week or so. (laughs) Because tell him how you've been doing this
2: week. (laughs) Jerry has
3: been killing it this week, guys. I am telling you, every time he texts me, like, "Hey, you know, you might want to get down on this one," and every single one of them, I just, I place the bet and I check my phone a little later, and more money in my account. It's the best thing ever. So I'm telling you, and soccer is so much fun to watch when you're betting too. And Jerry and I have been talking. Like, we got to find
1: a place to go watch some of these soccer games. We got to. Yeah. If you're out there and you got a bar that you want to make it a, a, a soccer home base. Give us a call. Reach out to us here because uh, pretty soon here, we're looking for a spot to make it our our home base. Get out of here on a Sunday. Go watch some games. Champions League. Champions League uh, finals coming up in a few Saturdays. And I'm looking to throw a a Champions League party on that Saturday. So uh, stay tuned, guys. We'll have some more details. I'm working on that. But again, if you're a if you're a bar out there and you want to have a a home place, you want to make it a European type feel, hit us up because we're that's that's our plan. And that's our thing we love doing that, and there's so many great soccer bars here in
3: town, so definitely hit us up we're going to try and figure something like that out. so what else do we want to get into today we've been pretty basketball heavy what do you what do you want to get into today i've got a I've got a thing on the uh the best coaches the ranking of the best coaches in the NFL So we might be able to get into that a little bit later. I thought it was kind of interesting. I love looking at at these and and trying to kind of figure out where they they slide Bill O'Brien in there. That's always something I'm kind of curious about. It's almost always around like right in the middle of the pack, right? Like everything about the Texans comes off as kind of mediocre. And the coaching is, you know, some people in Houston would say it's not quite
1: mediocre. Uh, I think it kind of is. He's like the broccoli of coaches, you know, because I hate like I I can't stand vegetables, but like broccoli is just bland in you. You're like, all right, I'll just dip it in some cheese on the, on on a Sunday here and there to make it a little better, but for the overall, this you're turning into asparagus. <laughs> you are, and not surprisingly, Bill O'Brien coming in at at 14th. 14th. What there you go. What See do you what guys what I'm think? Saying? Yeah, now, let's. Uh, I don't. I guess it's right. I guess. I mean, I guess it's – I mean, look, they did win the division,
3: so you don't want to, you know, say he's terrible. Um, Right in front of him, Anthony Lynn, the Chargers coach. Chargers had a nice season this year. He's at 13. Ron Rivera at 12. I don't know. And these sound about right? They got Mike Zimmer at 11 from uh, the Vikings there. I mean, those sound about right. And it's mostly – I think we can all guess who the top five guys are. You know, your Bill Belichick's, your your Pete Carroll's, your Andy Reid's. A lot of the older coaches. How high do they have a Sean McVay? You know, let me check that out right here. They got Harbaugh at six, so I'm thinking I'm thinking they got to have him in the top five here. So that would be my guess that he's one in the top five. I'm just waiting for the page to load. So my bad, but uh, yeah, I mean, and Doug Peterson at seven. Boy, the shines come off him a little bit, right after the the Carson Wentz injury. So you know. I guess that's about right. Of course, you don't look nearly as good as a coach when you don't have your starting quarterback. That's a that's a big part of it right there. But uh, da, 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 Pete Carroll at five, Sean McBay at four. So there we go. Uh, Sean Payton at three, and then I think it's uh, Andy Reid and uh, Bill Belichick at, at one and two. So no surprise the you know the AFC championship teams have the two best coaches. Does that feel a little high for Andy Reid? I, I know we're all think he's fantastic, you know, after what Patrick regular Mahomes season did. Andy yeah.
1: Reid, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if if I have him that high. He he yeah. has his moments, right? Give me give me a off bye week, Andy Reid, and I oh, will take him. Man, he 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 he's made me plenty of cash doing that. But let, let, let's talk about the Eagles real quick and okay. this the NFC East. Betting-wise, the Eagles are the favorite to win the division, minus 115, followed by the Cowboys, Redskins, Giants, Giants at 14-1. to 1. Do you uh, do you see any value here, or do you think the Eagles should be uh, the odds-on favorite? Well, not even odds-on, let's say, because Dallas Cowboys are plus 140, so it's a slight difference. But do you think it's justified that the Eagles are the favorite, or do you think the Cowboys got some value to them at plus money? I take the Cowboys. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why I asked. I don't I don't see I don't see why the Eagles are favored over the Cowboys in this division. I don't if anything that Cowboys defense is Ooh. I'm I'm curious to see uh, yeah. with one more year uh, how they're going to be and they got Amari Cooper with an offseason now to to maybe work with Dex uh lack thereof or uh, attributes that he does have and Jason Witten's back. I know he can't really run, but
3: (laughs) he's a a good uh, cheerleader for the team. And I will say this, you know, he'll pick you up that that third down. You know, he's got a big body. He can shield off defenders. And Dak feels comfortable throwing to him. So that makes some sense. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Zeke Elliott's in a contract year this year. He's going to go bananas, dude. He wants
1: that money. So uh, whenever looking at div- possible divisional winners, and that's the reason I bring it up, uh, Giants fourteen to one. I uh, look this thing; uh, they run simulations and what they should be. They, according to simulations and and where rosters are, that the NFC East, the Giants are twenty two percent. They win the, the division twenty two percent of the time. Not saying that they will, but I'm saying just according to the way that that, that simulations go in that leaves a big old gap for as far as value because at 14 to one, mm-hmm. they sh- they should more be around the four and a half to five range, according to the amount of times that they actually go on to win this division. Because we know that this division's got so much uncertainty. Sure. Like, again, we say the Eagles, but are they, are they, are they, are they going to, I mean, because the, the Cowboys can very well win this division. And then oh, yeah. when we know when the Cowboys play the Giants, that's always a good matchup. It is. I believe they open up the season uh, this year. I believe the Cowboys are seven-point favorites, to be exact, as far as that as well. But I don't see nothing concrete in this other than not that I would bet the Giants. If anything, I would make the bet on the Cowboys to win that division. Oh, at yeah. plus money. Oh yeah,
3: I, I love. The, give me the Cowboys here. The Eagles worry me. They worry me a little bit here with you know Carson Wentz goes down. They don't have Nick Foles anymore. You know, so if he gets hurt again, which it looks like he's injury prone, it's probably going to happen. And then the other thing with the Giants, you know, what if they what if they pull Eli after the 3rd or 4th game of the year cuz they're terrible and they they want to see what their rookie quarterback looks like.
1: You know, that terrifies me. You know, like, I'm not I know it's good value, but I'm not betting my money on the Giants. Speaking of Eli and the Giants and the rookie quarterback, uh, there's been some talk talk coming out of Giants camp and we'll get to that right when we get back. You're listening to Moneyline ESPN 97.5.
0: Looking for something to do this weekend? Visit culturemap.com to find out everything going on in the city.